I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been over one long year Watching movies bad, strange and weird Commandeer By Michael Hi, this is Carl I'm Mike's friend I I wrote this song My turn-ons are French poodles Chinese German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Joe's de Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the <laughs> Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael. What? What is it? What do you want? Hi, I'm Mike Spiegelman. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. It's the show where I invite you to watch a full length movie on YouTube. And I want you to do it with me. So find YouTube. We're going to watch a movie together. I want you to listen to the podcast and watch the movie at the same time. That's the full experience. You don't want to just watch the movie without listening, and you don't want to listen without watching the movie, right? Come on. Peanut butter and, and chocolate. That's how it works. It tastes great together. My name is Mike Spiegelman. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Our dear co-host, friend, host, Carl, will be back next week. You're listening either live, which you can do every Sunday at 2 o'clock, West Coast time on muniradio.fm. Stream away. Or just listen to us on the podcast. And that drops uh, Sunday night on iTunes and on the RSS feed available on muniradio.fm. We're listed as L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And that's how you can find us. And also, finally, we have a great blog spot called Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube dot blogspot.com the reason for that is that youtube and blogspot are both owned by google and i want to see if they notice that they don't notice uh well thank you welcome to the show uh carl's not in here today but we do have a special guest he's coming in in a second 
He's doing a victory lap. This gives me a good opportunity here to let you know here at Mutiny Radio. Uh, we have a summer fundraiser going on. If you go to GoFundMe and type in Mutiny Radio, you'll find our summer fundraiser 2018. We are trying to get $3,000. Yesterday it was at $8.99. So, my friends, donate. You don't want to go through GoFundMe? Before we start the show, just go to mutinyradio.fm uh, and it'll take you to a website called PCR Collective and then you'll see a donate button and it'll take you to our PayPal account and you can donate uh, $5 and that just helps out the station to do it. So I'm going to bring in our special guest. He's coming into the studio right now. He is the host of another Mutiny Radio show that broadcasts live uh, two hours before my show. You can catch him noon PST Sundays. His show is called Edge of Insanity. Uh, please give it up for our guest host today, Paul Brumba. Hi, Paul. Hey, what's happening, Mike? Oh, I'm doing well, Paul. Um, glad to have you here. Uh, listeners of our show may know you as the guy who does the intros. That's right. You the can, usually the guy tells you to hover that finger over that triangle. So Yeah, yeah. well, that's your patent. I noticed that you copyrighted it. Uh, so we're going to go watch a movie today. Hang on. Let me. Uh, it's on the screen there. Once you get yourself nestled in, uh, close the first tab. Look, it's Tuesday tab. I've got... No, you just closed the whole thing. <laughs> oh, Everything I awesome, set up. Dude. That was great. I set it up that way so we didn't have to waste time before yeah, bringing that, it no, up. No, that's great. I'm glad we didn't waste any time at all. I would go to YouTube, not Google. Uh, okay. YouTube, all right. So yeah. here we are. We're going to do this real-time stick where we're going to type it in. So go ahead and go to YouTube. Dude, and it's Lightning Jack, right? The movie is Lightning Jack from the 90s, uh, starring Paul Hogan as the titular testicular character and of course this movie is notorious because he has a mute black sidekick played by academy award winner cuba jr in one of his baffling roles yeah so uh here's what we want to do as you hear uh we went to youtube we typed in lightning jack what's the channel that is uh hosting it um that's a great question the channel that's hosting this today is k W Icarus. That's right. Uh, lowercase KW space Icarus. I K A R U S. And it actually says Lightning Jack 1994 full movie in parentheses. That's the version we're going to watch. So we That's want you to one. go find it. Did you find it? Click the link, hit pause immediately, let the buffer wheel buffer, and then when the movie's ready to play, Mr. Paul Brumbaugh will give us a countdown and it will let you know when to hit play. All right, cool. Since we're seven minutes into this broadcast, we're going <laughs> to dial in right now because there's no heck of a way we're going to get it. Here we go. In three, two, one. Press that triangle. All right, cool. We got, ooh. There we go. I see it now. All right, so here we go. We got the title cards up front. Some foxy buffaloes. Savoy. More like savory buffaloes. I never heard of a savory, a savory picture. Oh, there it is again. Savory Pictures presents. So, Village Roadshow production, Simon Windsor film. I don't know of, of Simon Windsor. Paul Hogan, I know of. There's the Hogan. Kubernetes Jr., I know of. Beverly D'Angelo. Oh, Beverly D'Angelo. So, so far, so good. Lightning Jack with its own logo. Do you think they paid someone? 
Absolutely. I, to create I think the logo. So. Great graphics. Yeah, they said this is going to be such a hit. We might as well get the logo in place. I wanted a little backstory. This is a period film. Pat Hinkle. You can't have a Western without him in it. Uh, oh, yeah. L.Q. Jones. They got all the guys that play grizzled cowboys in the Westerns. This is a Western. It's a family entertainment film. It came out in 1994. Uh, this is a pretty recent. I was surprised to see this uh, for free. But it must have fell through the cracks. Uh, Paul Hogan is best known as American audience, depending on how old you are. Is either does commercials or was in the movie Crocodile Dundee. Uh, he was in a bunch of commercials with batteries, and then he was the the spokesman for Australia Tourism and his popularity. And I'm sure he was on TV in Australia. Uh, Paul Hogan must have had some kind of career going on other than just being a spokesman for the rest of the world. And he had a movie called Crocodile Dundee, a fish-out-of-water movie where he goes from Australia to New York City with wacky results. And then, of course, the sequel, Crocodile Dundee 2, where he goes to New York to Australia. And then there was a third one with a kid. But I think that's after this. So here's a film where he's creating a new character. He's now a Western dude named Lightning Jack. And it reminds me of Mike Myers making Love Guru with the logo already ready and the character already ready and no one gives a shit. Exactly. Nothing pre-established. It's just like, it's there. Yeah, it's there. And this Western set, I mean, I've seen it a hundred times. You can see Adam Sandler shooting Ridiculous Six behind them. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very reminiscent of a Clint Eastwood movie, but, you know, except for him eating an apple as he's riding down the street. Uh, Play Misty, I think Clint ate an apple. Did he? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. So I guess a, a little homage, if you will. They moseyed, if is that the right Western turn, up to this town, and it's causing a panic among the townspeople as they realize who these gentlemen are as they approach. They must have shot this in Wild West City in New Jersey. I think you think so. I I I was just thinking the panic was probably from the story that they don't know how it's going to unfold. See, there's Pat Hinkle. Uh, he was in the Batman movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Wasn't he like the mayor? He was not Commissioner Gordon, but the the other guy that Commissioner Gordon had. Oh, like his like his right hand man. Yeah, he was on the TV show. He had an Irish accent. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. There you go. Uh-oh, there's a robbery. Choice is yours. Producer stole my money when I came into the theater. It's so nice that we have uh, sound available. Uh, why don't you go ahead, Paul? i got to take this call. No, that's fine. Um, so, so we see Paul Hogan here. He's ready to rob the bank. He's covering the door. <laughs> And, you know, the guy outside keeping lookout, everything's kind of cool. Everything's fine. Uh Uh-oh. Now he senses something's wrong. Something's wrong. Everybody's clearing the streets. They've rang the bell. Now they're clearing the streets. Something's going on. And here comes... The bank robbers, including Paul Hogan, coming out. Paul Hogan jumping on his horse. Oh, the guy next to him getting shot. Wow, gunfire coming from everywhere. This is incredible, folks. 
This is true Western shock and awe. Sorry about that, but I just won a million dollars according to this phone call I got. Did I, you say hi to Ed McMahon's ghost for me? Ed Mc, yeah, and Dick Clark's ghost. They, they, <laughs> and and they had an oversized ghost check. Dick Clark, sorry. Poor Dick Clark. He's spinning around in his urn right as we speak. He was America's teenager, right? Was that the expression they called him? I think so, because he never aged until he died. Then he was right. just dead. He was a youthful teenager hosting New Year's Eve, looking the same way except for the last 15 years of the show. <laughs> exactly. He looked like very scary. He looked like um, Mad- Madame Trousseau's version of him. <laughs> oh, right. so... So anyway, so uh, we don't even know if the, if the was it botched. What did they do? Did they catch Lightning Jack? Our conversation. Took- you know, so this is this movie shot in America with an American cast and crew, or was this an Australian film? Are these people like Australians pretending to be American Western guys? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. They're like, "Where's Lightning Jack?" I think he went walkabout. <laughs> Wait, what? He's over by Wallaby Creek, mate. That's a good one. Thank you. So this scene has a scene where uh, he promises Cuba Gooding Jr. to show him his knife, and then he flipped out his stick, and, and I believe Cuba Gooding Jr. says, that's not a knife. This is a knife. You think that's a knife? This is a knife. In Junction City, you will respect the law. I always get Paul Hogan mixed up with the Australian who had a battery on his shoulder. The commercials were like, these batteries are tough. Oh, who was that? No, no, it wasn't an Australian. Wasn't that... Um, Cliff Robertson? No, the guy that did the one-handed push-up, the guy that was in City Slickers, the guy... Jack Palance. Yeah. Jack Palance. Was it Jack Palance? Uh, I thought he was an Australian. It was like, knock it off my shoulder, yeah. I dare you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that it was Jack, Jack Palance? Palance? I don't know. Who was it? I thought it? it was like this angry Australian. Like, when it comes to Australians, we have Paul Hogan, he's number one. Number two is Yahoo Serious from the... <laughs> Which is not very serious, but yes, we remember Yahoo. Frankenstein and then uh, Mr. Accident from 1999. Oh, we love that. Yeah. I was going to say chairman of the board, but that's Carrot Top. That's Carrot Top. The same difference. Maybe anyway. he's Australian. He's honorary Australian. Yeah. Uh, who else? We have uh, Bizarre. Remember that show Bizarre with uh, John Berner? Was he oh, Australian? Oh, Bizarre from Showtime. I love that show. Yeah. yeah no, I, that could be. That's true. Huh. That's a good little trivia bit. You guys, Google that. Send it into. Let's watch a full-length movie. Uh, so now, what's going on? Oh, so I guess we, here I, we are. We might Adam, I, Jack. Is, several witnesses. I should I should say full disclosure. We've never seen this movie, and we're basically watching it with the sound off. Actually, it's funny because the first time I saw it, it was exactly the same way I'm seeing it now. Medicated. Oh well. <laughs> See, this is the type of movie you would watch on a plane or on a train or just, like, in the background. Well, I don't know, man. I, 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 this version is really good, considering it's YouTube and it's yeah. full Yeah, oh, that's one of the reasons. And this is a pretty recent movie in my mind. I mean, I don't say I'm old, but I feel like this movie just came out. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's in, that's in widescreen uh, format. Oh, that's yeah. looking clean. Looking the only clean. thing, it's a little dark, this scene, but I guess it's dark because, hey, guess what? It's dark outside. It's night. 
in the scene. That's so. right. And they didn't have like electricity. Did they have electricity back in the West? <laughs> no, it was it was all uh, oil lamps. Oh, and the natural lighting. They didn't even have kerosene, dude. They just had oil lamps. They were burning oil. Yeah. Means a totally different thing here. Just cow hands huffing it. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, so I mean like all right so this movie, Paul Hogan had his run. He was Crocodile Dundee. This seems kind of like he's a new character. It's a new family film. I wanted to make a blockbuster. And it, it fell flat. But it also has a notoriety that Cuba Gooding Jr. shows up as his black sidekick, his mute sidekick. He doesn't even speak. And that movie, that caused a lot of controversy when this film came out. Because it wasn't a speaking part kind of thing. Yeah, he gave a like, part and it's like, hey, we're not even going to let you speak. There's always criticism that uh, there's no African-American leads. They always play the sidekick. Right, and here not only is the sidekick, but he doesn't have the a voice. He literally doesn't have a voice in this movie. But so that was I've never seen it, so I can't vouch for it. Well, I guess there he is right now. Two bags of flour. I'm glad you turned it up so we can't hear him. <laughs> well, Cooper, sorry, uh, I think he's a, he's a great actor. He we is. Ha- he is great. He's it. writing. He's sketching it out. He's writing it on his notepad now. Not deaf. He's writing. Not no stupid. stupid just, just mute. Mute. Mute this movie. There we go. See, we don't even have to turn it up. We can uh, we can do subtitles for this movie for you. What year is this film supposed to take place? Is this- I, I wanna, okay, so if it was his heyday, because him and uh, it was Crocodile Dundee fame, so what was it, late 80s? No, this film was 94. Oh, wow. Like, I'm telling you, it's a recent movie for us. This is, this is really kind of like the end of uh, Paul Huggins career. This might have been the one that pushed it into the casket. Yeah. This might have been the one. No, Paul, Paul Hogan's still alive. No, I know, but he didn't have, hasn't had any good movies. Steve Irwin, that's who we're thinking of. Yeah, too. I know, he's no, I know, no, I know he's dead. But he's no, dead. I'm not, when I mean he's gone, I mean he's not, hasn't made a movie. He, a man could retire in, in uh, a man could retire in peace, right? Sure, I mean, because he married the girl from Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Her name was and, like Linda Ellerby or some shit. Yeah, and she was, a, and she was a really pretty girl until until she married Crocodile. Yeah. Dundee. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was she the got worst. fat and bloated, mate. Wow, you really just know how to cut through. So let's see, Paul Hogan. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want to be oh. direct. I'm sorry. I'm I'm doing. No, it. I mean, and she does really look. I mean, and, uh, ladies, I love you. I'm breaking a bad movie podcast rule. But I'm, I'm just saying right. that she was really. She reminded me of what was her name from Terminator, Linda Hamilton. She reminded oh, me yeah. of her. She was really kind of like um, short and athletic. Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles was the third movie. It was Linda Kolowaski or whatever. Yeah, right, right. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, find out what her name is. Uh, but I also want to see. I, I have more information. So it is Linda. Kozlowski. There you go. Oh, Linda Kozlowski. I thought it was a crazier name. She is a Juilliard graduate with Broadway play experience. And this movie's assessed with Australian frequent co-star Paul Hogan. See, bio. See, now they're divorced, though, I think. They just got divorced in the, like, Spouses. Yeah, so uh, Paul Hogan, she was married to him in 1990, and they divorced in, in 2014. 2014. Wow. wow. Even more recent. So that's 24 years together. Wow. They have one child. And then thank you, IMDB, by having question mark, and then question mark, question mark, divorced for the second one. That's a three-marriage lifespan in Hollywood, 24 years. That's pretty good. 
Because if you make it past the seven-year itch in Hollywood, you're you're dynamite. Well, it was Paul Hogan was their second husband, but I think they're the private. She so worked with Paul Hogan in four films. Okay, so wait, hold on. So it was all the Crocodile Dundee ones, right? Okay, name them. Well, oh my God, I, name them. Just yeah, name Rocket them. Crocodile Dundee I, I one, meant, two, I, and three. I know you are incorrect. <laughs> crocodile Dundee, Crocodile Dundee two, Crocodile D in Los Angeles, and that was in two thousand one. And then in nineteen ninety, which is prior to this film we're, we're watching, uh, she started with Hogan in a movie called Almost an Angel. Oh, Ooh. she was in Almost an Angel. She was kind of like she was a nerdy girl in that. And we like almost an angel, right? A small-time crook becomes convinced he's become an angel after a traumatic incident and resolves to perform the work of one. Haven't and you? Do you remember that one? That's written by Paul Hogan. Right. And there he is. He again. He's a character. Like he's one of these. He's a movie star and a character star who's like, uh, I'm playing Joey Jojo, and the film's called Joey Jojo. So check it out. And you go, Wow, that sounds interesting, but not really. <laughs> not really. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some personal quotes from Linda. After Crocodile Dundee, I turned down lots of stuff, most of it where I play the girlfriend of some funny man. All right. Okay. Oh, here we go. I'm leaving the acting business. Here we go. There we go. Uh, these straight-to-video schlocky films I was getting were giving me an ulcer, basically, because I was the only one that said who cared about anything. Between that and my biological clock, I decided to give it away. Give it all away. All right. So, But, yeah, we. she was very charming in those movies. What sure. was okay, so, okay? So it was the Crocodile Dundee's one and Almost an Angel, which is also a Paul Hogan movie that he uh, starred in. Wrote I in. forgot that was her. So he's Mr. Dun. Uh, I'm going to see what he has to be like an Australian television. There must be a reason why he's such a magnetic superstar. Yeah, he yeah. no, he was like a um a, 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 a personality, wasn't he? What was he before that? Was he on Australian TV or he, he was he was doing commercials for uh, Australian tourism? Oh, and, that's what right. it was, right? Well, because come just, to Sydney, mate. Yeah, so put I think, another shrimp on the Bobby. I think that's the thing. It's like, was it another shrimp on the Barbie thing? There's another shrimp on the barbie but we watched a movie called shrimp and the barbie it's one of our lost episodes and we also did uh, a film with uh uh Gooding jr judgment night the far superior judgment oh night. we love judgment night yeah. where they were him and uh emilio, emilio estevez and uh, the bad guy is dennis leary right and they're all the guys that get trapped yeah in the in the ghetto yeah white boys get trapped in the ghetto right so check out by, that by that are chased by some other white boys yeah so a, yeah. scary, a scary film. They had an RV. That's their home. But <laughs> yeah. They took one wrong turn in Los Angeles. They just wanted to see a game. Yeah. Okay, well, here's a, this and is they a, got wedged like Winnie the Pooh in the hole. Yeah. Uh, anyway, got to oh. watch the film, folks. Or, we're, we're, or we're, watch the, listen to the last episode of this. They're in the canyons. I mean, this is... Are this, you afraid that like YouTube's going to pick up the sound of those horses and go... That is third-party content of horses galloping, right? All right, I take No, I'm challenge. just wondering. I'm just wondering. Where is the paranoia there? No, it's no paranoia. I just prefer my show. They're going to match it up. We know what movie this is from. They're going to hear silence and go, that's Cuba Gooding Jr.'s performance and Lenny Jack. <laughs> we can hear the way his pencil hits that paper. Scribble, scribble, scribble. <laughs> scribble, scribble. No audio. No, no uh, audio. Scribble, scribble. Yeah, that's funny. No, it won't be blocked. Okay, so he has a credit. There's a film from 2018 called That's Not My Dog. <laughs> Here, well, who is this, Cuba? Oh, uh, I see what it or is. Or is this Hogan? 
Hogan. Okay. Is a joyous That's comedy that dog. celebrates our love of joke telling. The film centers around the lovable Shane Jacoby playing himself, who's throwing a party. Invited are the funniest people Shane knows, compromising Australia's biggest stars, along with the Australian music legends playing their hit. So it's a party with his friends. That's the movie. Oh, and one geez. of his friends is Paul Hogan. So that's the most recent thing Paul's done. He showed up in a Cornelia. Wait, what, what year again? 18. Okay. Wow. This movie is nothing but a joke. 88 minutes, 86 jokes, 30 hilarious Australians. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. Hey, that's funny. The first thing we hear from Hogan, don't even think about it, mate. Join your gang. Let's see. Is he on the f- poster? That's not my dog. That's right, folks. That's not my dog. Oh, right. Oh, well, that's the uh, joke about your dog ate my paper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah what was that? Uh, your dingo ate my baby. That's not my dingo, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's one joke out of 86. <laughs> I think we could cram 86 jokes in uh, less than that. I think I can do 88 dingo jokes. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> really? Joke, yeah. Yeah. Is that a dingo in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Well, a dingo walks into a bar. <laughs> Three, a dingo, a priest, and a Jew walk into a bar. No, I'm sorry. No. Uh, Actually, no. There's a there's a there's a clown walking a dingo into a bar. The bartender goes, "Hey, where'd you get him?" And the dingo looks up and goes, "In Harlem, they're everywhere." Right. Well, uh, how about a clown, a uh, well, uh, a priest. A uh, dingo and a pedophile walk into a bar, and they say, "What do we have?" I said, "Well, three babies, <laughs> right? There, is that how we play this?" Yeah, yeah, but the pedophile corrects him and goes, "No, I want mine a little older." So it looks like he had a TV show called The Paul Hogan Show from 1973 to 1984. Uh, I think 73 to 84. No way. That's he insane. did not have an 11-year show. Oh, I, in it's Australia. In, in Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So there you go. So he was a television star that, wow. uh, that made it internationally big with movies. That's, yeah, that's crazy. all his characters. Holy smokes. And uh, Linda was not in that movie. They met probably in the taping. No, they they, she, they met uh, during Dundee is what I remember. Oh, yeah. So he uh, the first credit he has was his writer. Uh, and like I was saying, she was beautiful. Hogan in London. Hogs and Stroop go to London and create havoc. Oh, I want to know if that's on YouTube. That's a movie I want to see. Paul Hogan plays himself. John Cornell, who's in a lot of this stuff, I think it's his director, plays Stope. Interesting. Hogan is so diverse, we didn't know. There's, he's like a virtual onion. He's, he's, he's literally got layers, this guy. Strange Bedfellows, 2004. You can't be sniping. Two very straight old timers have to learn to pass a loving gay as a loving gay couple after falsely claiming same sex marriage to take advantage of newly legislated tax laws. So he made his own. Uh, I now declare you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm glad that we talk in between the 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 well lit scenes and the very dark scenes. Now we're back to another night scene here. Yeah, they're still in the valley and they're doing <laughs> stick. You always smoke poison out. I can't reach it. Oh, oh this is uh, when he gets bit by a snake and they got to suck the poison out of him. What, out his of his ass? ass. Yeah. Man, what poor Cuba Gooding. And, and, you know, as Cuba Gooding Jr., he can't say no, literally. 
He can't. He literally can't say, <laughs> say no. no. That's why he plays a mute because he can't say no to what? these movies. Put the gun down. He's going. We're gonna. This is pretty. And play. if he and if he said he, he, he actually, if he could talk, all he would say Ooh. is, "I taint doing that." Huh. That's it. Is just a splinter. Uh, he pulled a cactus thorn out of his. Oh, like, good. He didn't. Like he didn't suck it out. No. Yeah. I ain't scared of snakes. Okay. So he actually sat on a cactus, didn't get bit by a snake. He's like, I knew it all along, but I just wanted to show you my ass. No, and I think he just, it just deep down, he had some like uh, deep-seated homosexual, homo, latent homosexual thoughts, and it's okay. We're not going <laughs> to judge you, Paul. But the first thing he did is, yeah, Paul's you went bad. right, you went right to, hey, you need to suck on my ass. <laughs> That's what I thought. Well, I mean, he poor, didn't even say, "Could you see anything back there?" I think I just got bit by a snake. Poor Cuba. I mean, he was—he uh, won an Oscar, right? And he's done a lot of movies where I was just saying, like, if you do one disaster, you can get away with it. But to do like three, just like morally odd movies. So the the other one I didn't like is where he's the di- diving guy, the scuba diving guy. Oh, I remember that movie where it was like he was a military scud diving Yeah, guy. and it was like over the years. He was like the first, which he was a g- inspirational story. He was like the first... Uh, uh, african-american like a uh, naval scuba diver and all the bullshit they put him through um and it was a good story and i guess he was a good person to tell it but it's it's it was one of those ones where you were just talking about one of those ones straight to netflix or straight to yeah video, video. and that was before there was straight to video <laughs> <laughs> And so you waited in line and paid top dollar for it, and you kind of felt like, really? Well, so I wish there was YouTube. If I could see into the future, can you just save this for YouTube? I'll watch it in 10 years. He won an Oscar for Jerry Maguire. He we, did, and he yeah. went crazy during the, when he accepted the award, didn't he? Yeah, he had a, a very uh, memorable speech. Yeah. and But he appears in movies like Boat Trip is a movie where he's on a gay cruise pretending to be gay. Yeah, so he, he pretends can, to be gay because they get his... Stowaway. his right, because doesn't he like, get on free or something or he's pretending to be someone else or yeah something like that so that movie is not the greatest he did this movie where he's a mute black sidekick which is not the greatest right uh he did a movie uh snow dogs where the dogs talk yeah I, and, but that's also james coburn who had won an oscar I don't for know, production I like, shows up for that. snow dogs is actually i'm leaning right. towards snow dogs because okay. that was disney but don't the snow dogs talk yeah they do yeah during the whole movie yeah it does Cuba my Hero. dog talks too but it's only one i I'm know he says kill mike spiegel <laughs> <laughs> my dog says the same yeah. i get it you are the son of sam jr so yeah yeah right <laughs> my dog told me to t- oh all right well if it's your dog yeah <laughs> it's different than here's a milk bone go away <laughs> but he uh oh look it's daytime oh yeah they're still in the valley now it's daytime they don't stink or anything. That's nice. He was in a movie called Chill Factor with Ski Aldridge where there was a nuclear bomb on an ice cream truck and they had to keep the uh, temperature at a certain point or the bomb would go off. It's like this. It's like he was like the Keanu Reeves yeah, of um, ice cream trucks. <laughs> don't let the temperature drop. Oh, no. If that popsicle melts, it's going to be death to us all. Wait, did he just get a tattoo of it? Uh, yeah, he, he, he just whipped out his his wanker and said, look, this is why they call me Lightning Jack. Because I got a tattoo. 
Because I can do it in lightning speed. Okay, so, all right, so we have the baggage, right? So, so he basically just kind of uh, admitted to uh, to Cuba. And now I'm calling him Cuba, by the way. Well, well how do you say Cuba? It? Cuba. All right, I don't Cuba. know. No, you can say Cuba. No, I'll say Cuba. I, mean, I, I should I, say it properly. Let me just say, say yeah, yes, you say tomato. I do say tom I say tomatoes. See? There you go. I, I and that, and that is fine. I do not judge the. The tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, the. It's a the. Yeah, there you go. I'm glad you got that. So, no, no, it's cool. I, like I said, it's, it, it's, this is. Oh wow! Okay, so now he's really acting it out. He's really got this. Is like uh, this is like charades we got going on here. This is awesome. Yeah, we don't we don't even need the volume for this part. Okay, well, good. Oh, is he gonna teach him how to fight? I think so. Lead your eyes. How to shoot? Okay. Now it's your turn. So he gives Cuba the gun, and Cuba's like, all right, I'm out of here. Show me the exit to the theater. Yeah, no. That's great. All right, let's see if he's he a better shooter. No, he's like doing some kind of sign language, and we can't tell what the hell Hogan's doing, but I'm just trying he's to trying to just tell him, shoot it straight, hit the shit off there. That's all it takes. I think Hogan's an asshole, and he starts doing sign language to Cuba. Cuba's like, I'm fucking mute, not deaf, asshole. <laughs> I'm the one who should be signing to you, fuckface. I know, just to go ahead and talk. I can understand you, dumbass. Yeah, dumbass. <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> I just can't talk to you. Okay. And by the way, can you push the button that says mute on me, but you'll have to push it twice because it goes from mute to SAP to regular. Yeah, I was waiting for that joke. <laughs> <laughs> SAP. Yeah, don't leave it on SAP because you might as well leave it on mute for me. Because every time, even when I go and watch the girls on Univision, I still mute it. Well, there's no closed captioning on this video. It's kind of ironic for a film about a mute person. <laughs> oh, the especially irony. if you're drawing, you're drawing in that you know that audience. You, you want to get that that demographic that you know those people to watch the film. And what do you give them? Nothing. Literally nothing. So there's another show he did called Paul Hogan's England. That's from 1983. And uh, that's also John Cornell. So this guy had a television presence. And then, I mean, his movies were, I mean, the sequel took place six years afterwards, right? Like it was this 80s hit and it was around the same time as like Eddie Murphy and he was uh, like as lovable. And then his sequel showed up in 89 and then 2001 was the third one. So what happened is he did the crossover. He crossed the pond or whatever, right? So, right. so he made the transition from Australian uh, superstar to American hit, and it just took it. And it was so. It was so he literally transitioned from that to Dundee. Yeah. Wow. So he did like thirteen years of his own Australian television sketch show, or what have you. And then he became a, a spokesman, television spokesman for tourism, and uh, and that's what was the springboard yeah, that got him to. That's Dundee. kind of his Q rating is that people knew him from TV. As the guys put another strip on the Barbie. When we did the movie strip on the Barbie, there was Carl was saying there was some redundancy with the phrase that the way he said it was wrong, but because it was so popular on the ad, that's what the phrase kind of became. Oh yeah. 
like I, I forgot the detail like shrimp and barbie or put the, on the barbie it's just said differently it's, it, but but he he made his own version trend yeah he just said it a different way and that's he branded of, he coined a new phrase even though it was basically another phrase that had already been popular now there's like Hugh Jackman, right? He's Australian. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of them actually have crossed over, right? It started yeah. off. What? Who did it start off Nicole with? Nicole Kim, uh, Nicole Kidman. I, I bet you, I know the first one. Who? Mel Gibson. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Mad uh, Max. Mad right. Max. And also the director George Miller. He kind of had became an international superstar. I'm trying to think because that's what I would say. I would think that would be the first crossing. Yeah. Right. Can't uh, think of anybody. And then after that, someone like Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe from Australia? Is he? Or New Zealand? or yeah, I think he's Australian, if anything. Oh, what about, have you ever seen Once We're Warriors? It's, uh, I remember the movie, I think. Well, there's a bunch of those actors appeared in Star Wars prequels, and the director himself uh, became an American director. You know, he directed in Hollywood a lot of films, like a James Bond movie here. Right. And who was that? Uh, Lee, I forgot his last name. He kind of, this director was arrested for soliciting prostitution. He just kind of lost his self. Oh, really? Yeah, he was out soliciting. Huh. Yep. The yeah. fall of many, many people. It's funny that it, it takes them so long to scrimp and save and climb their way and crawl their way to the top just to have one stupid thing right but but they usually allegedly? you know they're not they're not it's never the first time they've ever done these things either yeah let's say allegedly that happened just in case i got my facts wrong but yeah uh yeah well i mean i love his movies i think he did a movie called the edge with alec baldwin and uh <gasps> oh do i remember that i think like, i do it was, it was like anthony about somebody Perkins. breaking into no. a house or no, anthony hopkins is a rich son of a bitch and uh the, their their helicopter crashes in the woods and they fight a bear and they're on the edge. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think the bear got best supporting grizzly in a. Yeah, I think he did. Supporting role. The bear. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I think he did. He got an Oscar. Smokey, whatever his name was. Well, he kept his speech. They kept uh, playing him off, and he would just growl through it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, no, no. I want to, this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> a little bit more conviction, okay, Yogi, and action. I want to thank the Academy. Uh, but no thanks to climate. Uh, uh, climate uh, change is real and affects bears throughout the country. Da, 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 da. And I also like to thank the producer and Harvey and Weinstein. That's a bear being. So, you guys, make sure you catch us up on what's going on on the movie because apparently we've just no, gotten off on a Hogan Cuba thing. We were, well, just, we're totally now we're all about Australian actors. Who was the first one? Now you know the problem with this movie too is that I don't never wanted to see this movie. It's this movie's not for me. He's a bank robber this whole time because it opens up with a bank yeah, robber yeah, and, he, yeah. and he goes from town to town robbing banks and. Well, let's address the thing. Do you want to watch a western? Yeah, yes. certain, certain westerns. Now it's a kids' I, movie. Do you think your kid would want to watch a western? Yeah, because it contains all that good stuff, violence. Well, at least uh, kids actually, you know, you know what? Well, kids no, do kids don't want to sit down and watch anything that's more than a minute and a half anymore. Yeah, okay. is it a YouTube Western We're watching video? Watching on YouTube, so yeah, that, that, is Beyonce that. in it? Okay, so that's probably it. So if it's a Western that's only about a minute and a half and has Beyonce on it, we're probably covered. If it's a Twitch video and they're talking about Fortnite, then maybe yeah. <laughs> 
But this oh, is on man. YouTube, so kids should watch it. Yeah, those kids love that stuff too. That it's like that's like mental porn to them. They literally will watch. The, the, like on Twitch channels, they'll literally watch someone doing that. It used to be RuneScape and what right, is it, oh, Minecraft yeah. and all those well, other. Minecraft ones. is still very popular. To watch. It, it, but they would, but they have those people talking about playing it. Like we're watching this movie. <laughs> wait, wait. Now we're starting to get into its familiar territory. But it's funny because they would sit there and talk about playing the game. At least we're watching about watching the movie. Right. We're telling what you what you could be missing. You could be in some third world country. Where We're, all you can get is the voices of us. You can't even see this content. Well, right now, like, Kubrick Jr. is trying to act tough uh, as a bank robbery. So he's covering up his face. He just shot his foot. And people are staring. Uh, he's screaming in pain. But that's the joke because he's mute. He doesn't make a noise. Apparently, he, he when he screams, he sounds like a harmonica. Oh, that's actually me playing harmonica. I'm just killing time until this movie ends. So Love this, the music. Love the soundtrack. It's saying the man just shot himself on the foot. That's hilarious. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> oh, well. Bank robbery. Bank robbery. Bank robbery. Back at the ranch. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Yeah, you can tell this is one of his last movies. He's wearing reader glasses. Yeah, he's getting old. Oh, you know, Paul Hogan was with, uh, he was in the movie Flipper. Flipper the movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was another Disney or, or, or. Someone got the property. PDI rights. DreamWorks yeah. or some kind of. I don't of... think it was officially Disney, but I think whoever, it was definitely pitched as a family film. And it had uh, Elijah Wood maybe in it as the boy. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and it had... Uh, but I remember the Flipper thing, and that's right, he wasn't Flipper. So that, that was, was actually Donald Trump's biggest role, playing Flipper. You know, <laughs> he, was, he had the lead in that film. Yeah, no, he the way he came. flips his hair, it, got, it secured the role. <laughs> what did Flipper say? <laughs> greatly. Greatly. <laughs> Bigly, greatly. Fake media. Yeah. <laughs> No, not you, Mr. Acosta. Fake news. Hashtag fake news. Yeah. E-e-e-e-e. Hashtag e. <laughs> it's, uh, Let's talk about the, the orangutan in the room. It's another boozing. And what's he writing? I do not like you boozing in this place. So I picked this movie for a couple reasons. So they, these guys had baggage when they came in here. The role of the, the, he had had some controversy, and that it is a children's film uh, of a genre that's been moribund for about fifty years. The western, like kids love westerns in the fifties, but in nineteen nineties. Right, right. Well, because like you said, you, we were just talking about the the invention of the internet, of uh, video games. Oh no, no, I'm just saying, like or it's just... popular culture. I mean, there was Westwood, right? There was Deadwood. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All the but, cussing and swearing. Yeah, and, but name yeah. me like a something that was Western that was popular in the last five years. You mean that it, that was that was for yeah. kids? Yeah, I mean, one of the things about Pirates of the Caribbean is that there was pirate movies were bombs. They no one wanted to see pirate movies, and then when that came out. It all changed. People said, whoa, this film and then pirate movies became viable. But Westerns never really had that renaissance. There was Tombstone. There was this and that. But I but those were kind of their their demographic was the 20 to 
40 something year olds the most popular i could think of is westworld but that show deconstructionizes like the, the intent is saying that this is a facade yeah so it had the western thing but it also had the sci-fi thing right yeah so that's that's where i think maybe westworld had the younger appeal so people would watch like a scene in a western town and they go well this is good because she's a sentient robot right yeah <laughs> call back it's- to the sentient but, you know, like uh, Gunsmoke, the TV show, was on the air for 30 years. The Simpsons just finally broke that record. Well, I just think that I mean, the different genres came along. I mean, kids used to dress. Remember, uh, you know, from the 50s on, 50s to, like, was- almost 70s, you would see kids dress up as cowboys. Right. Yeah, they had the Daniel Boone hat. You would go to a sh- supermarket, and there would be a quarter horse out yeah, in front. right. Right. But somewhere around mid 70s, beginning of 70s, mid 70s, those horses became rockets and different things. Oh, I can see that. Well, I mean, everything kind of morphed. All of a sudden, technology took over, and it kind of, uh, that was one of the first analog things that took a hit was maybe cowboy western genres for children. Well, it was such a. They got their violence in another way. That's true. Well, I mean, the the western was a dominant force. So, by 1994, when this film came out, a western was definitely a, a another movie from Crocodile Dundee, and a western and a western as a family entertainment wasn't very much in vogue at the time. No, and they were hoping that it was gonna maybe breathe, yeah, breathe new life into that genre because they knew it was successful at one time. And wouldn't this be a great change of tides? And if you think about it. Every, let's say, fashion comes back around, yeah. doesn't it? If it's clothing, if it's music, if it's oh, whatever, it always repeats itself. And so um, you would think only logic would 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 um, take place that, yeah, we haven't seen kids get into a Western for a while, and that's what's missing in America. Let's like, make America great again. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait, wait, there you go again. <laughs> Well, the recent Westerns, there was Hostiles with Pierce Bronson, there was Meek's Cutoff, and there was uh, Slow West. And they're all... Oh, you know, probably the most recent Western that I really, 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 really love is uh, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward John Ford, which is one, Tom Tom Ford, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh, really? I yeah. haven't seen that one. Well, it, you know, there's a tradition of Westerns about Tom Ford who shot Jesse James in the back and inside a house. And there was uh, I Shot Jesse James. I mean, part of the reason why I like that movie is that it's a very postmodern effect where after he did it, he would go and appear at vaudeville shows as like the Scandal News Report. There was no Inside Edition back then. So they would be like, here's some girls' legs. Here's some dancing. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's the man who shot Jesse James in the back. Will you please give it up for the coward John Ford? Wow. And he would reenact the murders. And that's what the movie He showed. exploited the hell out of it. Well, I mean, people basically yelled That's kind of like the guy that got the winning touchdown in high school against... You know, all state yeah. against the if whatever. You swap out winning of high school uh, football. The was shooting was shooting Jesse James in the back. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, but that's kind of the the one trick pony or the one claim to fame. That's a that's he took his fifteen minutes and ran with it. Yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, but people would boo him. They would get stand up in the auditorium of you coward boo. So, I mean, that's weird, but now he... Yeah. <laughs> he, he invented the heckler. 
Yeah. Right. Wow. He invented the heckler. Well, he was this guy. Right. This guy was innovative for his time. Yeah, people don't give Tom Ford the coward the credit. <laughs> the, cre- <laughs> we do here. the credit, the innovation this man had. He was well well ahead of his time. So do you think for they, cowards? We're watching the exteriors and they're like, we hear something, but I mean, they've probably been in the same patch of ground this whole movie. Oh, absolutely. It says you could tell George Miller is shooting uh, Mad Max behind them. Yeah, exactly. Hey, kids, check this out. This oh. is not a green screen. I <laughs> just wanted to let you know that. This is not a green screen. Not a green screen. Australian grindhouse movies are the best. They had a huge market of exploitation films. There's a film called oh. This Isn't Hollywood that talks about it. But we actually broadcast, we did an episode uh, called, we did a movie called Turkey Shoot in 1982, <laughs> I think. And it was like. It's a great alternative to oh, beef. They pulled it from YouTube. But if you have a chance to see that movie, it's the most over the top film. The documentary talks about how it almost ruined the industry because it was just so. There's one guy who's a werewolf who eats people's toes. Oh, really? Yeah. Kids are not going to sleep tonight. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay, we have uh, Indians here. They're fighting. They probably have this like do, 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 do music. Oh, this is high pursuit, like dramatic music. He has an Australian accent. He's Quentin Tarantino in uh, Django Unchained. <laughs> the funny thing is, Paul Hogan, he still has his Australian accent. So, yeah, it's but, great. He plays. I, I love it when actors play something, but they play it with the opposite accent. It's like like you hear a lot of actors do like uh, English accents where they're not supposed to be. <laughs> well, the, the premise. Oh, and I guess the Hateful Eight is another modern uh, western. The three and a half hour, the two and a half hour Quentin Tarantino movie. Like, oh, really? I, I you know, I, I can t- give or take Tarantino. You were just talking about um, Australian Grindhouse. I didn't realize that was a genre. I didn't realize that existed. But yeah, he actually name checks it in the movie Grindhouse. He had his own Planet Terror, uh, not Planet Terror. His film was called Death Proof, and it has uh, Uma Ball. Uma Ball's a famous. Uh, I think she's uh, New Zealand. But she's a stunt woman who did Uma Thurman's stunts in Kill Bill. Oh, cool. In this movie, she plays herself. And I thought, what kind of grindhouse movie has a stunt person playing themselves? He's just being gratuitous. And in fact, there was a movie called Stunt Rock, which is about an Australian stuntman playing himself, going to Los Angeles and doing stunts for the entire movie while a band called like Wizard performs, which is this prog rock uh, stage show band with a wizard. And uh, so there's interspersed with him doing like stunts in Los Angeles to this band playing. So there, there was precedent to it. Well, that's cool. Yeah, no, that, I didn't even realize that existed. That was well, out Dave, there. Dave Edna as a, used to uh, do these like sex comedies uh, as his alter ego, uh, and they're they're pretty funny, but they're pretty rude, you know. Uh, they're rude, damn it. <laughs> so they're still ro- driving around there on the same patch of land. Eagle himself. He was a Comanche. Sold me this job. Keeps grizzly bears away. I'm a. How, how long do you think they were on location out in the middle there? Because you know what, that is a little diverse. They can't. Some of that, um, the mountain and the rock behind them is yeah. very distinct. Even the Hanna Barbera is going. That's pretty cheap. Yeah. <laughs> you can't keep painting the same scene and putting it on a roller, and you know. 
<laughs> no, that's that's real stuff there. That's that's good stuff. Even the interior shots here are, are beautiful, like all the wood, and it looks like they're in a real log cabin. Oh well, this probably was shot somewhere. I mean, you think it was really shot in some ghost town that's no, probably preserved like, or something? There must be a movie set that was preserved or something like. Oh yeah, that's you know, true. That's the problem with Western comedies is that they tip. Oh. Uh, a million ways to die in the West. Okay. West. Uh, Seth MacFarlane. That was a recent Western. Oh, you know what? I loved that movie. Really? I you, thought it was great. You would watch it twice? Yeah, I'd watch it twice. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I really liked that. That was that was the epitome of you know that you kind of kind of encapsulated every Western you can think of all in one, and it was beyond just being a parody. He's he's talented. I really like Seth. Oh, all so. right. Yeah, I, I see his movies in the theater just because of the novelty of it. Like I wouldn't mind. I felt like Ted Two is definitely like a live action Family Guy as it gets with them. Hey, which one's this tattoo? Uh, Ted Two. Ted Two. Ah, uh, so I didn't really like Ted. Oh yeah. All right, there you go. But the, the sequel itself, it's more like the, as, as much of the live action Family Guy as you're gonna get. Right. The, the, the way they behave and the scenes that they do, it's straight from the show. And and so you know that's the closest I'll get to an actual live action Family Guy movie until he makes it. Yeah, I definitely like the 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 one the Western one, the, the Way in the West or whatever, because I just saw that recently. I thought that was great. But um, I bet you, I dare you a dollar to sit through it again. Like it's one of those films that was fun, and then when you watch the second time, you go, "Oh God, this drags." Really? Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Good to look yeah, at it because now I'm starting to worry because I didn't like Ted. Now maybe I need to go back and watch Ted. I, I think there's not much more than Ted. There isn't. No, yeah. it's just a it's a bear partying. It's yeah, a it's teddy a bear. bear. Yeah, it's a party bear, and it's like okay, all great. Well, it's a film where you're like, if you have a daughter, you're like, okay, well, it can't go bad, and you're like two seconds into it, it's just, <laughs> it totally goes yeah. bad. Yeah, the opening scene or whatever, isn't it? And so it's yeah, no. yeah, a lot of that. Um, seen this, uh, what was it? It was one movie. Um, I was thinking, I, I was going, man, I wonder how violent this is going to be. And the, and the movie was the one with, um, it was about zombies and it had. Um, 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 Zombieland? Yeah, was it Zombieland? The one with um, the, the guy, from Woody from Cheers. Yeah, it's Zombieland. Um, yeah, so like the opening scene. And I'm like, oh shit! I, <laughs> I, I like played the first 45 seconds of the film and cut it off. <laughs> I'm like, oh, by the way, I'll come back to you some other time. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I like a good zombie movie. Zombies are, I like, you know, like what is? It? I like funny zombie movies. I like movies like uh, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Funny. Shaun of the Dead is really good. You know, oh. things like that kind of thing. We're watching them. They're doing some kind of shtick. That's your signal. Yep. yep. But they're in right the hallway and they're... Yes. Uh... <laughs> you boys got business here. Yeah, we were, came to laugh at your They look like they were humping the air. Is this before or after the Civil War? We're in, a, uh, in this movie. That's a good question. Yeah. Was it before or after we kicked Australia's ass? <laughs> so in uh, Dan, uh, Django Unchained, Quentin Tarantino plays an Australian in the Wild West. And in uh, The Hateful Eight, uh, Zoe Bell shows up again. And the stunt woman for Uma Thurman, the one from right. Death Proof. And she plays like a New, England, a New Zealander in uh, the Wild West. Oh, cool. Yeah, so... 
That sounds good, man. I I, I, I like uh, Tarantino's writing. I like how it's executed, you know. I, but I'm probably just a very generic Tarantino fan. Like I see, I have appreciation for things like Pulp Fiction and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, we don't have to push it down. You know, we we did one of his films. Uh, his first film is on YouTube. He did a film they never finished called My Best Friend's Birthday, and it's out there. It's not really a good movie to riff on just because it's so like chatterboxy you know you have to kind of pay attention to it somewhat right but he gets a prostitute for his best friend's birthday oh well there you go i yeah. mean that's that's realistic yeah that happens yeah oh by the way thank you for last year's birthday present I really appreciate uh, no that. problem yeah. I, i'm glad that it's the gift that keeps giving i'm sorry they have to keep going back to the clinic for the shots well that's on me that's all right here's beverly d'angelo it's a more in you than on you but anyway She's uh, finally here. Oh, we love Beverly. Oh, look at her. She's yeah. pretty. She's, She's got, got red hair. Braided red hair. Wow. There oh, are go. they like uh, ladies of the night? Yeah, I guess they're in a, a, a brothel or a cat house or at least a very loose saloon. Because every, every saloon was kind of a brothel, right? Because it was just open, right? Yeah, well, they had it upstairs. It so they didn't even have really, I guess they had brothel brothels, but everyone was always like, you go into the saloon and Get the drunk. brothel was like, literally, a girl would come down and grab you and walk you up a set of stairs, right? right? You, you'd be like, oh, I just want a drink. Hey, sexy. Oh, I'm sexy? Wow, I'm so flattered this girl likes me. You want to go upstairs? You know? Well, I think that's the that's how they got the tourist trapped. Yeah. That's the original tourist trap. You think about it now. When you go to Vegas, when you go to somewhere like that, um, they always want to keep you in the casino, so they put all the amenities in your casino. Like uh, They don't want you to leave the air-conditioned building Here's to another go. building. They're actually walking up the staircase. So all these saloons with staircases. You lost your mic, I think. I did? There Hello. you go. That's better. Well, I was just saying that this every saloon in the Old West has a staircase, so that staircase must be leading to some bedrooms. Right. Well, that's yeah. what I mean. So it was like they didn't even want you to walk out of the saloon. They wanted you to sit there and get drunk. Mm -hmm. And literally, the, 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 it's the oldest profession, and that's why. It came to you. This so, is better than Avon. You know, it didn't even have to come to your door. This came to your bar stool. Well, they had gambling, too. They're playing cards as well. So right. you can get your liquor, your women, your gambling. What else? What other vice can you get? Um, vice magazine. Well, vice some land. things were even not even vices. Then you could actually um, products contained cocaine and heroin in it, and it was like, oh, here you go. You want something for your headache? This will work. Every western I've seen, they always have like a gun fight in there. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. You can carry a gun. You didn't need a permit for the old. Uh, what is it? Whatever. Uh, 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 cash and or what is it called convey yeah carry and carry uh, cash and carry no <laughs> what is it cod called? cash and delivery yeah <laughs> i don't know uh you, you know you know what i'm saying but it's so that you didn't have you didn't have to have a permit for carrying a weapon so there you go is this probably your best family friendly entertainment movie with a cat house in it well uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny that, that again they were trying to appeal to kids, or they were trying to capture that audience. But then, you know, it was fine to have this is oh, that's just how it was, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's just part of. The There's ride. a lot of things that were back in the '80s that you know that 
made it on movies that today are looked at man oh, look at that the, the molly ringwald talking about her time on all those brat pack movies and saying that oh, i'm no, i'm i'm embarrassed a lot of that stuff was me too hashtag well, no, me no, but too the point was that in the breakfast club there's a scene where uh jen nelson sticks his uh face between her legs and she goes ooh, and she just said in a new yorker article that like Oh, that was the scene. She was watching that with her daughter, and she was like, "Well, wow, that's this is bad, you know." And I'm, I'm the face of it. I'm the part of it. Oh, that's true. Oh man, I forgot about that scene. (laughs) Well, didn't you just flip me, Mister Spiegelman? Oh, I. But it's it's an interesting article because John Hughes, as much as he created this magic, this guy was a Madison Avenue National Lampoon douchebag. You know, he was a fucking. He knew how to market people and exploit things. Okay, so uh, in the movie. Which he wrote. Oh, really? Okay. They had a, a scene where the black kids take his uh, hubcaps, and they said they they, they weren't going to shoot that scene. That was kind of, but that's a John Hughes joke, you know. Uh, people complain about Sixteen Candles. I think like he did what he did. He did extremely well, but however, he was still the person who he was. So the, he still had that National Lampoon humor in him. He still had that Madison Avenue humor in him. And at the time in the 80s, that meant like, you know, making fun of Asians. And that means like little sex jokes like that, which just. Which which was it, it was a lot more passe then. It was a lot more. I won't say accepted, but it was kind of maybe looked the other way a lot more. Well, I mean, you, we, it played to a certain demographic. Yeah, I think what it is is that during that time, too, we were looking at stuff from the 50s and going, oh, my God, can you believe how sexist this shit was? Right. And that Well, was, yeah, they're, they're thinking, look how far we've come. Even today, far. we still say that. Okay. Look how far we've come. Look how, yeah, we'll look at a film from the 80s and go, what, Japanese businessmen with cameras? Well, look how far we've gone. And right. it's not really. We haven't. You know, we still are. The culture that we have today is still t- just as tough. And look at the size of their cars. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, That's uh, Disney rated for you kids at home. Yeah, we uh, we are watching this movie. This movie is the hardest film to watch. To, to uh, I don't think anyone's gonna sit down and, unless you grew up on this film. If this was your video cassette that you watched a hundred times, then you know, give us a call four one five 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 zero zero five one one. We want to hear your side. I'm sure some people grew up on this movie. I can't believe that we're totally blowing this movie off, but we're not. We're not. We're watching this movie. We're, we're, we're watching it, but it's, it's just like, not much to it. That's all. Yeah. And that's my choice for picking it, but I was surprised to see a recent film like this because all these films from the 90s are uh, available to pay to rent. Yeah. You know, they, they are trying to get that almighty dollar and they're, they're getting it. Well, I think part of the reason is that, like, you watch a bad movie and you go, this is bad. And what they're saying is, we know Freddy Got Fingered is bad. So if you want to watch it, it's $3. (laughs) We know Geely is bad. You can rent it for $2.99. Oh, man. You still have to purchase it. Oh, jeez. So you're in on the joke, but you still got There are some turkeys that just, you can't find them. And you're like, oh, I'm so glad. So one of the movies it was hard for me to find the other day, can't find it on YouTube, can't rent it. um, I finally found it, it was um, Garp, the world oh, according yeah, to Garp. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. And so I'm like, yeah, I wonder if that still holds up. And so I did watch it, um, and it does hold up. It's funny. It's funny, strange funny. It's always been strange <laughs> funny. 
but I, great work by Robin Williams, uh, John Lithgow. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember all the people. His who's who's the mom? Seen, you know, I don't think I saw it when it first came out, so yeah. I don't really remember some good people in it. But anyway, yeah. So certain movies hold up, and other movies, even though they were written in a certain time. You kind of go, uh, and the, you're right. There's some point, points in movies if you watch them now, they're a little cringeworthy. And I could see what maybe what Molly saying is she's yeah. sitting there with her daughter. And it's yeah. like, oh, that was acceptable. Not really. But she's the face of it. But so she calls attention. She says, so that's know, good. Yeah. That's that's that that's was fun. that was the issue. There you go. Okay. So I take it back, Molly. I'm still in love with you. Call me tonight. I know it's Pacific Standard Time. I know. I don't think Charlie Sheen ever complained about being on the set of Ferris Bueller. I'm sure he was. No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's depends on which actor you are. I'm sure. Right. Exactly. What was your experience? Uh, He's he's practicing. Cuba's practicing his gun. Yeah. Finally, he's he's able to pick up a gun and not shoot himself in the foot. Well, you know, which is good. The director's cut. They show them drinking the liquor out of the bottles. So this whole thing, he wants to be groomed. He finally realizes what Paul Hogan's doing, which is he's a he's known as Lightning Jack, this notorious uh, Jesse James type Australian cowboy. Right. <laughs> we got to look the other way on the accent, okay, guys? And he's in the Midwest of America, um, and he picks up his sidekick, his friend here, Cuba, which Cuba doesn't even really, because he's kind of naive, apparently, but he finally realizes, oh, you're an outlaw. You're a bad guy. You think that's it? He thought like he was a good guy, and now he realizes. And then he, now he realizes he's a bad guy, and now he oh, wants to be taught how to be a bad guy i gotcha he's bugging him that's what i'm thinking that's how i'm seeing it see i think i did see this i remember seeing this this 94 yeah Yeah. i probably saw it in 94 with your kids uh cable cable probably cable and it was probably yeah in 94 what was happening in cable and what was happening in my life you know it makes sense because this is a film i would watch on on premium cable on a sunday and two in the afternoon yeah it just happened to be on again exactly and it was one of those ones where it came out maybe in the theaters and then like less than a year later it was like on uh tnt yeah or well, usa well because i remember the the trailer was ubiquitous it was all over and it was the same four shots it was one of those films which is pretty slack and then the exciting scenes are there just so they could put them in the you trailer. mean the original tr- uh, theatrical trailer theatrical or trailer. when it was actually televised on tv uh, no no like the uh, theatrical ta- they would show kuba shooting his foot and then miming uh, him screaming it showed you know couple him writing a note and what it says or something and that. a couple of those key little things well he actually introduces the the trailer he he writes hello and then he writes my name is kuba jr welcome to the trailer my character <laughs> is mute and that is why i am using god he's so young in this movie 20 years ago 22 years ago films from 1994 i look up in youtube and they're not available for free or they're like a bootleg copy. oh no because like i said they are trying to capitalize and now things are considering being it's funny what they consider old school or classic now yeah you know, we think of classics being black and white. Nowadays, when somebody thinks of a classic movie, they're thinking mid-90s. Yeah, well, again, like, kids grew up on this. Right. That's- I totally understand that. There's people, like, I was talking about um, Aladdin the other day. 
And they're like, oh, I remember seeing that when I was just a kid, like in daycare. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, really? Yeah, I guess so. Well, my latest obsession is the movie Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter is Dead because that movie makes everyone glow. Right. Because <laughs> they remember watching that as kids. So I'm like, oh, God. Well, you kind of you can almost use some of these things as a benchmark to know who you're dealing with right, right away. You know, we're both comedians and writers, and so sometimes when you go on stage, you want to establish who who your crowd is really quick, and sometimes that's the best way of taking the temperature, right? I did a show for thirteen year olds, and I was doing a joke about Hall and Oates, and I could just see the crowd like, yeah, just like, what planet are you from? What are you talking about? Yeah. They're thinking it's some sort of cereal, right? Yeah, it was Hall and Oates. That's really what is that brand cereal? I don't get it. Is that made by General Mills? What I don't get it. He has a show and it's on like buried in cable where it's like uh, Daryl's house. Have you seen that? Where they go, musicians come over. Like oh yeah, you know what? That's a great uh, segment. I've seen it. Yeah, he has people like whatever Cheap Trick. Yeah, yeah really. That's the one I saw. I see jams with Cheap Trick. Oh, I've seen him with. I I, I want to say it was like George Clinton. Parliament, Parliament Funkadelic or something. I also seen him with like, oh, you know who I I know I saw it with. It was Jackson Brown was one of them. Oh, cool. So there, yeah, he does some really good, and it's like yeah, at the at, at his ranch. So does he like get a tax write off for that? Just for shooting a show there? Like, it's not like. Well, damn! Don't you want his fucking studio? I want to know. What Excuse my language. Situation. Like, by the way, he, I'm dropping he, the f. Is he uh, retired and he can just do what he wants? Oh, of course, right? He's made his millions. He's probably actually saved and invested and he's able to do that, right? Yeah. I'll invest in a ranch and I'll invest a TV studio in my barn where a studio, studio TV set. And actually his fame was actually during those years where less and less people were getting ripped off from their royalties. So he probably, you know, says, I want so much of my royalties. And you know... What do they have? Like, I don't know, ten top ten hits, probably in their span. Hall and Oates. They they it. probably they have so many car commercials, so many car commercial like what like Private Eyes or yeah or whatever whatever car commercial uh you know uh, song backgrounds or huh, I wonder how many commercials use Hall and Oates songs. <laughs> a lot. Have I you, would like, think a ton. Joe? She's a man eater. She's sloppy a man eater. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what would be the songs they would be? Uh, adult education. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For DeVry. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, it's that kind of thing. But their songs are so hip that it's, they're used in so much things. Like, yeah, like Maneater. How many times Maneater been... I bet you look up just, you know, how many times that's been used in movies. One. Man-eater. <laughs> really? One? Well, I don't know. No, I, I come on, of, really? Think, come on, think of it was like one pop culture moment that has like Hollow uh, Notes. Hollow Notes, I mean, they would play, I remember, I'll tell you this much. Wasn't it in Lost Boys? No. <laughs> well, during the 80s, they were really popular, and I was working at a uh, at a store them. that played like the best hits from the 60s, 70s, and today. Yeah. And every day. Which are now be, golden oldie classics. Oh my God. It's like, it's, it's such a joke. So every day it would be a Hall and Oates it's song. It's a bad joke. And I look in the mirror every morning. I go, you became a reality. You joke. Hall and Oates has songs from the seventies and today. So I would hear every day when I was working in this warehouse, uh, a song from Hall and Oates. And then one day Hall and Oates showed up in the studio and I felt like it was fucking 
the dictator coming into the studio like there was Chairman Mao just fucking like hello we're live I'm like oh my god I get to hear them live and it was really an out of body experience because I had been bombarded with rec- hearing their songs over and over and then here they were in the same studio uh, the radio station that was playing non-stop Hall & Oates live playing Hall & Oates and I just had this moment you know like did you did the cheese slip off your cracker did you kind of lose it or did you just kind of get giggle <laughs> I'm like, play. She's a rich girl, you know. Yeah, uh, you knew all the, you know all the lyrics to all the, the songs now. Yeah, you were the biggest fanboy. Big we didn't even know it. We're <laughs> out of touch. <laughs> There's a third person in this movie scene right now, so I guess they're working with somebody. Oh, it's Beverly. <sighs> I'd be like looking at my 1980, 94 phone during this whole film. <laughs> bring my kid and I'll just be staring at my fucking barrier or whatever the fuck it was oh no my flip no. phone no playing snake on my flip phone in 1994 yeah I guess they had Tetris no their cell phones were I guess flip phones were they razors in 94 no yeah maybe I don't even think they had razors I would bring my desktop uh, computer and modem into this, this theater just to make it through this fucking film. <laughs> That's what you got, yeah. This show's called Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie because there's a lot of bad movies that it's impossible to watch by yourself. I would have invented the internet yeah. during this movie. So you have something to do while watching this movie. Exactly. Yeah. I would have been there with pen and paper inventing the internet. Going, yeah. there has to be some way to distract yourself in shitty movies like this. <laughs> he played Porter. And that was the beginning of the internet. That was, you know, four years later, Google was born, by the way, in 1998. So four years later, <laughs> my reality became a or my dream became a reality. <laughs> uh, and I like to think, you know who I'd like to thank? Paul Hogan. And Cuba Gooden Jr. <laughs> From here on out being called Cuba. So, because I just can't say Cuba. I feel like I'm having a stroke while saying scuba. <laughs> Cuba and scuba. Yeah. I'm just telling you. I feel like, did Paul just have a stroke? He just said Cuba instead of scuba. But if I say scuba junior gooding junior scuba gooding junior you know i'm wrong anyway scuba back to the movie you know Even, look at the inside in this place is dark yeah I tell know, them I to turn up the candles in that joint we've been talking a lot about paul and all the people but i wonder like in 1994 what other films cuba gooding junior were, were doing at the time really okay yeah. so what was he doing well i'm gonna take a look because this was 94 and that's kind of a golden age i would say of bad movies yeah, I mean, that's way before Jerry Maguire fame, right? That's Well, let's see. So he was in uh, A Few Good Men in 92. Oh, really? There's Ju- a goodie. Judgment Night was 93. Oh. And then 94, he was in Blown Away, Outbreak, and Lightning Jack. And then 95, he was in The Tatuski Airmen, which is a TV show, Losing Isaiah. Jerry Maguire was 96. So this is okay. pre-Academy Award. Yeah. Two years prior. Yeah, radio. I never saw radio. Radio. Yeah, that's the one where... Doesn't he play a deaf or a mute in that one, too? Well, well no. go to go to the radio. He, got, he yeah, plays that's his own thing. I don't even know. But he no, was a, but he's a, he's a challenged person in that. It's a sequel to Daddy Daycare. 
did not have Eddie Murphy. It was called Daddy Day Camp, and it had Cuba Gooding Jr. Playing Eddie Murphy? Well, I don't know. Maybe it, it was it like, like affirmative action? Red Tails he's in. That's interesting. Because he was in the other movie. Uh, Machete Kills. That's right. I saw him in that. It was good in that. So, yeah, he uh, I, I, he tends to do cash grab like DVD movies. Right. And uh, I just think the guy just, he can act in anything. And that's what I like about him is that he he has that ability to adapt. He's not a one trick pony like with 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 like we were just talking about Hogan. You know, he's kind of like the same no matter where he goes. Yeah, he plays characters. You know, like and it's like Mike Myers plays characters. Like it has to be this fully enclosed vacuum sealed world where this character exists. And you go, what? I can't wait to watch ninety minutes of this character. I have to. Yeah, you have to, and you have to buy into it from the get go. Get go. And this is so. That's the reason why. Like, I think Crocodile Dundee was big because it was a fish out of water thing, and uh, it was kind of like an Eddie Murphy movie. It was a breakout for him, but yeah. then he should have just kind of like no one to fold him. <laughs> well, you know, he does. I mean, he makes these films every once in a while. It's well, like, you were just talking about that almost angel. That actually almost an angel. That was actually. That was a real B one too, but oh, that was not bad. It's another vanity piece. It's like oh, uh, yeah. Warren Beatty and Heaven Can Wait. You know, this idea of like your life is over, but you have one redeeming chance. Who gives a shit? I mean, who are you that you deserve it? Yeah, no, I, it's funny because the man Crocodile Dundee was like one of the highest grossing films ever. Oh, ever, absolutely. I know, of course, I mean, you could look at pictures uh, of you as a kid. You were into uh, Crocodile Dundee and Michael Jackson, so what you wore was insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, your fedora had little crocodile teeth in it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You had a, a knife and one glove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> made out of made out of crocodile skin, my yeah, glove. Your glove was your one glove was made out of crocodile skin. It was an albino crocodile. You would walk around the town going That's hard You to call get. that a knife? Hee hee. Yeah. Hee hee hee. Throw a little little sauce oh, on that one. Weren't you into Rambo as well? You were Rambo. Oh look, they've walked Jackson. into that dark cave again. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> You were Crocodile Dun. You were Michael Dundee Rambo. Who did the lighting in this movie? <laughs> beautiful, beautiful um, interior uh, design. If anyone could see it, I think the '90s has like uniform <laughs> backgrounds. It just seems like you know, here's the set. We got to keep the show going. Okay, but the funny thing is, is they were making great film. I mean, literally, like, you know, like, whatever. What is it? Uh, what was the highest millimeter film? Like, 80 millimeter, 90 millimeter film? Yeah. And it's like, they were making beautiful shots. They could do, like, the people were doing, like, 10,000 frames per second. They could actually replicate that back then in a movie theater. And it, it was beautiful. So, it's not like they didn't have the ability. It just, like I said, somebody, somebody actually, when they watched the dailies on this, said... That's acceptable. If you guys are watching this with us now. Yeah, what's your excuse, Hollywood? Why is it that dark? And it's not because it's on YouTube. Because you know what? This is really a clean we, copy. We this, this studio has state-of-the-art monitors that we watch our show on. You know, it's, and it's... Oh, shit. Sorry. Oh, it's all right. What is that? That's the Virgin Airlines music. Right? Hold on a second. It's Patrick Carlin. All right, go ahead. Get I'll, I'll keep going. As we actually up, try to Patrick? watch this movie, my guest is on the phone. 
At least 10 years, Tom. Yeah. How have you been? Yeah, surviving. Just surviving. Sounds like, you know, looks like the sheriff might be Australian as well. Oh man, what a stinker of a movie! I don't. I thought I could watch watch this movie through. It's just nothing really holds my interest in it. Maybe because I'm not a 12 year old Australian cowboy fan. If you like Australians and the Wild West, and I definitely say thumbs up to Lightning Jack, and I also recommend Inglorious Bastards and The Hateful Eight, which also features Australians and New Zealanders in the Wild West. I guess that's that's fair. Maybe there was like a Wild West movie shot in Australia with American actors and they all had American accents. And that's the tradition of uh, the Spaghetti Western is to shoot in Italy and make it look like it's America or Mexico. All right, so I don't even know the plot to this movie, but in some ways I'm glad... I would be really nervous if I'm like, oh, this is the scene where Lightning Jack does something. Oh, it's so painful. I don't know why I picked this movie. I think it's just because it was on YouTube. I had to watch it. If you guys want to make a movie recommendation, I'm open. Our, our Twitter handle is L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Send us a tweet. Tell us what movie uh, we should do, especially if it's on YouTube. I would appreciate that. A little excitement going on. So I think they're sneaking around town. This is a very exciting scene. A lot of walking on wood. Yeah, Paul's right. It is really uh, dark. This probably was the least popular part of Westworld. This particular town. Oh, he's getting on the roof. Jump. <laughs> okay, now he fell through the roof. Well, looky here. That roof is unstable. No Typical of the time. Oh, I see. He's trying to break out Paul Hogan from prison. Just bail him out. You know, there's these guys, stars of them, is that Paul Hogan's in prison and there's like no TMZ outside to take photographs. The sheriff hears something. He's going to check it out. What a lonely job being a sheriff. You just sit around staring at the one prisoner in your cell. On your feet, Sunday. Oh. Slowly, boy. One hand out front, the other on your head. Come closer. Back up. 
I'm pretty sure this actor is L.K. Jones, who's appeared in all these movies. Westerns. I think he's in a Tarantino movie. He just locked Paul Hogan, handcuffed him to the prison cell. To the bars. And But this is a family movie, so that it just stops right there. They don't do anything else. Oh, I see. Kuba's going to light the place on fire. He's pouring like gasoline around. Uh, here's the match. We don't see the person doing it, so it's a mystery. And then the the fire goes. Boom. The house is on fire. Oh, is that the prison that he's in? God, I can't believe I'm watching this movie. I try not to watch kids' movies. Just because uh, I feel like I'm wasting my time. <laughs> not like we're wasting our time now. Oh, a hot house. Hey, the roof is on fire. And the wall. Just let him out. This is probably the rap party of the movie. They just lit the whole place on fire. Burn, lightning jack. Lightning jack. Guys, we don't want nicknames where it indicates we ejaculate quickly. <laughs> lightning jack, two minute man. Speedy. Sorry. My nickname was Wham Bam. I'm really sorry for the quick speed of my ejaculation, ma'am. I don't think it was meant to be a compliment. Watching some poor stuntmen walking around a burning blaze. Stuntmen, let's give it up to the stuntmen. They do a lot of great stuff. But when you have to light yourself on fire to appear in Lightning Jack, that just takes the cake. Oh, it's Kuba. He's escaping. Well, let's hang out and talk while the place burns behind us. That makes a lot of sense. Lightning Jack. Not to be confused with Kangaroo Jack, which also stars another Australian. A kangaroo. I wonder if Kangaroo Jack is on this. I tried looking for the movie Matilda, which is a boxing uh, uh, kangaroo movie with uh, Elliot Gould. They lit the uh, prison on fire. They did? Yeah. And they're making their escape. I think that's. I think it's LQ Jones. And they're back in the open frame, taking off their handcuffs. Wow, I love these well lit scenes. And that rock looks familiar. It's the same rock. That looks like they've ridden by that before. Well, it's You can tell it's Australia because they always have picnics on the rocks. And I mean the 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 rock formation on the left, not the big one that looks like. Devil's Tower. Oh, yeah. Looks like uh, Close Encounters is going to land. On Paul, you're talking about the, the mountain behind Paul Hogan, not the mountain behind Cooper Cushion Jr. Yeah, exactly. And not the one in the middle. Not the one giving us the finger or whatever. Yeah, right. That's the director. Wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up. Beautiful. All right, Lightning Jack. Let's see if there's any IMDb trivia about that. I want to get a tattoo that says Lightning Jack. So oh, yeah? It's Paul Brumbaugh. You know, it's kind of close to... Like Jack. Yeah. Well, like, like, 
It would be a throwback. It'd be an homage to get that because it just says lightning. It has a lightning bolt that says Jack, right? Yeah. Oh, so according to the um, the trivia on, on IMDb, the director said making this film was a logistical nightmare because there were so many other westerns filming on lo- the same locations at the same time. So such as Wyatt Earp, Geronimo, City Slickers 2, and Tombstone. So I guess that is a good point. This movie came out around the same time as this uh, Tombstone, which I think is the last in City Slickers. But City Slickers is modern day. That's more documentary than like... No, City Slickers was around 94, right? Yeah, no, I was making a joke. I was saying that was real life. Okay. But it, it, it did take place in the 1800s. It was, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You're taking, talking about the period. Gotcha. Yeah. No, yeah. Another, Which, another uh, series of films you either loved them or you hated them. City Slickers. All right, and the other trivia note on INDB, the Lightning Jack Film Trust was established by Paul Hogan as a public company on the Australian Stock Exchange so that investors could help finance the movie by buying stock in it. I actually uh, check my sock. Wow. Again, look at this. The, all these innovators. Here's yeah. another innovator of the original GoFundMe. Oh, yeah. Well, that was... A, that was the original GoFundMe, right? Well, David Bowie did that, too. He sold all his uh, uh, his uh, song rights as a, as a... Like, you could buy stock in it as a company. Well, I know that even the Beatles sold part of their stuff, but that was more like a, a That was a mistake. Sale. That was a mistake. Yeah, that was that was more of a garage sale. It's like, hi, uh, I'm Paul McCartney. Well, I'm Michael Jackson. You were great. Let's do a single together. And all right, we did a single together. And then fucking Michael buys all your shit and makes money off every time your songs play. And it was a clearance sale, man. And they, they made money, but they didn't make they didn't see that they were going to make that much money in the future. Wow. What if I own <laughs> stock in this movie? Like, what is it worth today? Yeah, in Lightning Jack. Yeah, Lightning Jack. I own stock in Lightning Jack Film Trust. Not, you're actually in the hole. The holdings company has is, is been long defunct, baby. <laughs> no, listen. <laughs> as a stockholder, I demand profit every quarter, and you need to make Lightning Jack Universe movies every year, and sequels and prequels. Well, and Now, what if you laughed and looked that up and found out what kind of movies they've released since then, like, you know, the modern day Gone with the Wind. Oh, right. You know, or something. You know, like, who knows? Like, like, oh, they released all the new Marvel and Avenger movies. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you just eat, eat your words? Oh, I wish I would have stock in that. Oh, yeah. my God. Just yeah. imagine, just go, man, I should have saw it. Maybe that's the idea. He had a vision, right? You buy stock in the Lightning Jack, Lightning Jack becomes the biggest movie in the world. And that's how it turned into the Avengers, because isn't that, uh, that they got the lightning bolt, right? Right. They have a lightning bolt as yeah. an emblem. So that's, that's Lightning Jack. He's in the background in a lot of those fight scenes. You don't really it's see him. It's all about branding. Oh, yeah, right. They, they, people know. They see the lightning, and they go, oh, well, I trust him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Avengers. Lightning Bolt Productions. Oh, man. There's no lightning, lightning bolt in the lightning Avengers. Lightning Jack Productions or whatever. Lightning Jack. Uh, all right, so. He looks like he's... Now I don't even hear myself. Maybe that's just me. Oh, maybe you're right. Probably just me. Hey, there I am. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry, you were talking to yourself again. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and the listeners heard that. 
That's okay. I yeah, I, I scream a lot, guys, so you probably heard me somewhere in the background. This place is just a Wild West amusement park. There's like you must be this big to ride the ride signs in the background. Oh yeah. No, that, that no, that's cool. I like that place. Wow. Geronimo, that's he, another. And and Cuba Gooding Jr. looks like he should be uh he's dressed, he's got the trench coat and like the bowler hat. Right, and he looks like he should be on top of someone else's shoulders and getting in somewhere because he's oh, too short. He needs ticket. to be the tall guy. One adult, please. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's Cooper Gooding Jr. and uh, Paul. Kind of right, doesn't it? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. He's trying to smuggle in something, so he must oh, have I'll he say. must have something, right? He's, yeah, he's carrying. It's awful hot out there in the middle of the desert with this. Big old fucking or big old flipping coat on. Oh yeah, that already doesn't uh, want to show his track so marks or something. Do you think there's gonna be a showdown in the middle of the dirt? I, I, I'm I'm thinking at least this one we'll be able to see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because it's high noon. It's daytime. It's high sun. noon. Yeah. Hi. You won't just see flashes in the dark. Wow, this is great. Brumbaum wants to do a duel with you on high peak of sun. Yeah, please. I'd like to see. Oh, and no, and 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 what's his name hasn't bit the dust yet. So, yo, yeah, the, the Hinkle. Yeah, Hinkle. so he's still hanging in there. The Hinkle's still in there. Yeah, he usually dies in the first reel. Yeah, so I'm thinking right now he's about due. He's overdue. Stick a fork in him, right? Jeez, this film goes turns it dark quickly. Everyone dies. Yeah. So, yeah, Hinkle's do right? In the poll. Who's got him in the poll? Let's check on the board. Hold on. <laughs> oh, wow, you got, him. You, got, you got him in the next shootout. Oh, that sucks, dude. I think you got this one. This is going to be good. And if he's one of the first three people that go, you get, like, double points. This is I awesome. I love how they shoot people in the Westerns. Like, there's oh, no there's blood. one. They don't hit the, the horse. Hinkle's out. Oh, you raised your hands and surrendered. God damn it. I was about to shoot you off your horse. That's all right. These horses, like... I think it's still early. Oh, yeah. Right? You can still see the shadows. Look, the sun's setting in this scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they cut to the other scene. Look, it's bright. They got the shadows around. (laughs) They shot this at two different times. They didn't even have the reflector going the right way. Yeah. See, look at even they have those like even if it's outside they have the big old like uh, things covered in tin foil, like <laughs> the reflector plates. Uh, we're losing our son, people. Come on, let's get this together. Let's only one more take. Let's take this now and action. Oh well, let's just keep shooting. We'll yeah. just cut it. No one's gonna know. Doesn't it? Doesn't matter. You've seen the rest of the movie. This is actually pretty good. Keep it all on it, folks. <laughs> so this home, this town is like a Wild West town, so there's just prostitutes and liquor and uh, banks. My kind of town. <laughs> yeah. And? Yeah. And? <laughs> well, it's a very lucrative town. All the all the commodities, the liquor and, and the, the tail... Uh, is it it gets put in the bank right so why else do you need anything and then you of course you need outlaws to rob the bank hence the movie they well they are robbing the bank right now and they they were able to tie up all the three people and they dressed them up like clansmen or something well they threw a mask over them okay yeah 
That was kind of cheap math. Well, like, that's that way the town won't shoot at them when they see their clansmen. Uh, like, they're one of us. <laughs> Let them through. It's a really shitty town. Uh, yeah, it's a really bad. Is there? It's a little white. They call it a ghost town because everyone wears sheets. That's how racist <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, that's... Uh. <sighs> All right, they're going to make their getaway. But Here he goes, yeah. There you go. I wonder what kind of wacky music is playing right now. Oh, he just covered them up with a sheet. I gotcha. I thought he actually put like pillowcases with holes on them. I was like, what? Oh, look, they got their light back. We're going to do this the next day for the next <laughs> part of the scene. We need the light to match a little bit better. Oh, yeah. Like the now it's bright again. It's bright again. Yeah. Right. And so that's why I'm saying it's not the quality of the film we're getting because this looks really good. The Red Garter Garter Saloon. So that's what you're talking about. They're promoting the the girls and the bar's name. Yeah. All right, I've got to wait for the big shootout. God forbid a Western be different. God, Geronimo, City Slickers 2, Tombstone, that was a big deal. Oh, there's, uh, there's uh, Margulies. Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did I not see her earlier? No, she she slept with... She was uh, the the cat uh, house lady that... Uh, oh, she's like the the mother hen? Well, she, she and Cuba got it on, I think. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, she was the one? I couldn't tell. With her legs not up in the air like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Got it. those western doors what happened why couldn't they don't have those doors anymore i don't know is it because you have to lock up after work <laughs> you can't really lock up the saloon right yeah right doors yeah people will just crawl right underneath and right fucking in huh? horses walk right inside your fucking saloon <laughs> yeah that's the only thing that's in a block is yeah. horses well we're uh if store. you put a little latch on it little yeah a little latch but the horse just pushes the latch and then with his head and it goes walks in oh really okay yeah those western doors you can't lock up you have to be 24 hours or something right yeah and the, and you always see them they're always like that uh, always there's a, even if there's no one else in the bar there's always the bartender so they're like open there they're open pre 6 a.m in the west I don't yeah. think they're waiting for 6 a.m. to open their uh, their <laughs> doors, <laughs> their little saloon doors. Saloon doors. What are they? I guess that's what they're called, saloon doors. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what they're called. Stupid saloons, man. If you have prostitution, gambling, and alcohol, you should have some kind of door that locks. Right. Yeah. You got to lock up that stuff at some point. Yeah, you can't like have that open freely, dealy. Like it's a like just walk right in. I mean, even even Seven Elevens have doors that you can lock, right? And they're open twenty four seven. So you think in the West they're guarding that stuff, but I guess you, if if you're, uh, I guess you have to let because um, you're. Where do your where do your uh, prostitutes live? They live there, right? Oh, they sleep there, right? Then doors right. unlocked. So so they can they're watching the joint. Nobody's going to steal the booze because everybody's honest. Wait. No, but someone's not steal, right. Someone could sneak in the middle of the night and steal the sleeping prostitutes. Right. You know, like a fox in a hen house. And uh, then you wake up and you're like, all my prostitutes got stolen because I didn't have a door on it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They ran out. I didn't have them branded. They got out of my pasture and they're gone. 
each and every one of them. But um, here we go. Oh, look, they're outside in the middle of the valley. They found the only tree. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Very good with the light and uh, shading in this film. Like I said, beautiful countryside. Um, even the fake uh, San Francisco Globe newspaper that they're looking at. Yeah, I was. That must have cost at least three dollars down at Fisherman's Wharf, right? Well, at the uh, amusement park where they shot the Wild West scenes. Oh, that's that like where they kiosk. got it. Yeah. You know, his cool thing is he also got uh, his penny smashed <laughs> while he was there. <laughs> it's great. Well, a lot of the scenes are them just standing in front of a uh, a cardboard cutout of uh, of uh, cowboy costumes. Yeah, is that <laughs> what it is? Their head in there. Well, like I'm saying, that this beautiful countryside. And it's like, please use it. I always say, like, when Silent Films like came that, out. Like that. Look at that. Look at that scene. Yeah. They're showing him. But you, well, okay. That's actually, you can see his face. But even there. They just shot his hat off. He, the way they have him standing, there's no light on him. There's nobody with those one of those. And this is this is 1994, folks. Even back in the 70s, they had yeah. the people with the big reflectors that reflected well, the sun. The Letty's not as bad as a 70s film. I'll give it that much. But if it was a 70s film, the camera would be like whooping around. I'll stop about the lighting. God, now they're, they're dancing. Guy, he just shot Kuba's hat. If he missed, he would have shot his head. And now they're happy. Yeah, they're all happy. They're dancing with each other. That's a, it's an Indian ritual. Comanches. You better get rolling. Comanches. Yeah, Comanches. Yeah. Comanches, eh? Yeah. Where's that accent from? Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a northerner. <laughs> no, the Texas. Day to knock these batteries off my shoulder, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put another steak on the bobby, mate. <laughs> I'll put an extra shrimp on the bobby for you, mate. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I was trying to think who is the who is the person with the, the, the battery. Are you ever going to find that out? You're going to look. Uh, I could look. Or Oh, you know, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Know who it is? No, I know who it is. Who? It's, um... Oh... Not the guy that plays on Heart to Heart. What's that guy's name? Uh, that guy. Oh, uh, the one who uh, is still wanted for yeah, Natalie they wanted Woods. for Natalie Woods murder her yeah. and him and Walken. Uh huh. That guy. That guy. Not that guy, but it's somebody. Is that or is like that or Robert Urich? It's one of those like seventies stars. Who is it? Is that right? Oh, go ahead. Hey, wait. Did go the movie look. just end? It did not. It did. It did. Wow. Wow. So they rode off in the sunset as we well, we kept bantering on. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We watched the entirety of Lightning Jack. They got away with it, according to the uh, newspaper. And I still don't know why he shoots Cuba Gooding's hat off, and then they're still friends. But that's insane. Can you do me a favor and go to LuggageTuesdays.com, Paul, while you're on the, the site? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Luggage Tuesdays. You got it. Sir. I want to thank Paul Brumbaugh for being our special guest host while Carl is oh, off doing comedy this week. Uh, Paul, t- tell us about Edge of Insanity while you're Well, away. everybody asks me, what the hell is the Edge of Insanity about? I don't even know. I've been doing it for 10 years now. Um, there is no format. It's a variety show. We have a little bit of everything, for, something for everyone. Uh but you can check it out here. We're actually neighbors with uh, Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie here on YouTube. 
We actually are from 12 to 2 here at muniradio.fm. You can check out most of my content at paulbrumbaugh.com. You can also go check it out and go like us on Facebook at The Edge of Insanity. Um, and you can download and listen to us on everything from iTunes and TuneIn and Stitcher, any of those things. But Sounds good. Yeah, you're the king. You're the most popular show on the station. So uh, join. Be one of Paul's minions and yeah. uh, uh, keep his numbers up and uh, keep listening. Uh, I'll be performing here at Muni Radio next Saturday, June 16th. Oh, so uh, at 8 o'clock with Paul Brumbaugh. That's right. Uh, and our good friend Dave Sowowitz, if you're listening live, his show comes up next. A great show called Getting Sketchy. Make sure you subscribe to his show and spend the many years listening to it. But in the meanwhile, Dave is ha- uh, hosting a, a show, a spoken word show about the funniest thing that happened to you. And a lot of great comedians will be on that. That's a live show here at the station. So, either come by the stations if you're in the Bay Area, see the show live, pay us 10 bucks, go straight to the station, or just subscribe to a great show called Friends of Mutiny, and it has different crazy shows. I was on it last night, so you get to hear sketch comedy, and I will be on it again on July 7th. It's going to be a live taping of a comedy album, a sketch comedy of The Great Difficulties. So that's Mutiny, Friends of Mutiny radio podcast. Go ahead and subscribe to it and listen to it. Different shows produced every week. And again, finally, speaking about Mutiny Radio, please, either... Join us, donate some money on our PayPal or on our GoFundMe page. That would help us immensely. Uh, I want to thank everyone listening. Thank our fans. Thank you for watching a movie with us. You're number one in my book. And I've been Mike Spiegelman. I want to thank you guys. I'll be back next Sunday with a new movie. Carl will be back. And we'll, I guarantee you it will be fun to watch together. Uh, and that's been uh, the show. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Paul. And here's the theme song. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube With Mike Spiegelman Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube With Mike Spiegelman Hi, this is Carl I wrote this song I'm Mike's friend My turn-ons are satin sheets I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. With Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. With Mike Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Thank you.
Hey everybody, listen to the weekly review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the weekly review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join the Green Army.com.
Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches hitting switches going back to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks.
eat flesh with the bear exoskeleton contessa and check your horror horoscope on horoscopia updated every three parsecs timstesseract.com timstesseract.com So you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. After work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. And the phone rang 
I'm 